Let's get into our passage for today, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, while you're finding that, once again, want to welcome you. Also want to say hello to everyone who's joining us on the podcast. That's me. I listen to my own podcast just to make sure I haven't said anything heretical, which has been good. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about God's passion. God's passion. The word passion is defined, I don't know if I got this up there. Strong and barely controllable emotion. Strong and barely controllable. Barely controllable. Now, passion is is a part of our lives. We all have passions for things in our lives. Uh, Passion is the reason. Passion is what makes you paint your face. The colors of your sports team. That's passion. That's, that's the reason why that happens, uh, except for those who go for manly. That's not passion. That's stupidity. Jokes. Jokes. Passion is the dedication of students that desire to get that mark or that position in their school. So they stay up all night dedicating themselves to studying. Passion is what makes soldiers go to war, passionately defending their people. Passion is a very strong word. Now, if we were to categorize passion, I think there's two types of passion that we have. We have a a passion for the things we love, and we also have a passion for the things we hate. I have three children. I am passionate about my children. I will do things that normally I would never do in my life to anyone else or for anyone else simply because of my passion for my children. One example of this And I know we have a lot of new mums with babies, and one day you'll get to this wonderful life experience where in the wintertime, your kid gets a cold. They get all chesty, snotty, and what happens is, for us as adults, we can kind of blow it out or suck it up, whatever you like to do. (laughs) But for babies, they can't, and they can't breathe at night, so they wake up. You know, they wake up like coughing and, you know, crying simply because they're 
blocked up. And so my, my babies, when, and this happened with all three of them, uh, when they got blocked up, you know, it's so hard to bear them, like watching them not be able to sleep. And, you know, like they give you these syringes that you try to pull the snot out and whatnot, and, and they kind of work a little bit. But, but the best method, and this is what I would do, is I would put my mouth over their nose and with all the force inside of my lungs, I would suck their nose to suck all the snot out of their system into my mouth. All the parents said, amen. You know, most of the time, at least it was very like just liquidy. But once in a while, you got some like crunchy bits in there. It's a bit salty as well. I'm just saying, like, can I tell you, and I'm telling you this story because it's a disgusting story and I would not ever do this for any of you or any of your children. The only reason I do it is because I am passionate for my children. I, 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 I am willing to do things because of this passion. If you have a runny nose, do not come and ask me. I will not do it because that's disgusting. You know, for the things that we love, we will go and do above and beyond. But in the same way, for the things that we hate, we will do things. We will do things that we would not normally do. Now, once again, I love my children passionately. But on the flip side, for those that want to harm my children, for those that want to create distance between my children and myself, I don't just not like them. I don't just not. Uh, I don't just hate them. But I am passionate. I passionately hate them. Now I'll give you an example. Uh, kids go into uh, playgrounds and and there are these, these playgrounds in the shopping centres. And I don't know if you've ever been to a ball pit. Right? They have these little plastic balls. And um, I'm not very proud of this story, by the way. I'm just confessing my sin to you. And Chris was, uh, he would have been maybe four or five. Uh, no, no, he would have been maybe six or seven. And Ben, my second son, would have been uh, four or five. And Chris was with his friend, who was around Chris' age. And then Ben was there too. And Chris's friend was uh, a little bit of a bully. Okay, I'm sure he's a nice kid and he'll turn out okay later. But he was a little bit of a bully. And, and, and in the ballpark, he was throwing the balls at Ben. Now, you've got to understand, Ben's three. You know, he, he doesn't know what's happening. He's just happy to be swimming in the balls. And, and this kid, who, you know, he's my, my son's friend, but still, would be throwing the balls at him. And that made me so angry. Because he, it's like he was bullying not just my son, but my innocent son that couldn't protect himself because he's only three years old. Like, he can't even throw the ball back. And so I was just, you know, lounging around in the ball pit. And the anger, the passion made me do something that I'm not very proud about. But I would ninja the balls and I would throw the balls at the kid myself. And he'd be like, and you know, like, 
You know, when a seven-year-old throws a ball, it doesn't hurt. When a 30-year-old balls, throws, <laughs> throws that ball, like, it, it can hurt. It can sting. And I'm telling you now, I got him good a few times. <laughs> I said, I'm not proud of it. You know, like, if I started doing that in any ball pit now, the the police would get caught straight away. See, this is what passion does for the things that you love and for the things that you hate. It makes you go above and beyond. Now, this week in the Christian calendar is called Passion Week. It's the week that leads up to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And today is Palm Sunday. It's the day that we, we remember when Jesus enters into Jerusalem. You know, for Christians, Easter isn't just a holiday. It's not just about eggs, chocolate, and, and bunnies. For, for, Christ, for Christians, Easter is one of, if not the most important, period in our calendar year. Why? Because Easter reminds us and shows us exactly who God is and what He is passionate about. And that's what I want to look at tonight. What is God passionate about? And, and to keep it really simple, I just came down to two things. Two things that God is passionate about. One thing that He loves and one thing that He hates. The first is this. God is passionate about man. God is passionate about humans. God is passionate about you and I. God created us. And just like a parent looking at their own child, God is is as passionate for his children as we are for ours. From the time of creation, God created man in his own image to dwell in the world that he created and told man, man, I want you to go. I want you to rule the world that I have created you. I want you to be in relationship with me. Here's the playground. Let's play. And unlike any other living organism, God gives man more than just life. Not like the fish or the birds or the animals that were just given breath. Man was given the breath of God, a soul, so that we can be beyond just living organisms. Now, there are many verses in the Bible that that show us how much God is passionate about us. And I just picked a few. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. John 14, 2 and 3, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I, uh, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. God does not, uh, he, he, he doesn't give any of this identity to anyone else. And I know it kind of sounds weird like saying that we're more important to God than an animal. But you've got to understand that's God's design. 
That's God's design. That's God's plan from the beginning. And it's because of His love, not just His love, but His passionate love for us. That he just, he, he not only created us, but created us for relationship for all eternity, not just one season. That's God's passion. Man. But secondly, equally in his passion for the things that he loves, God is passionately against sin. Please don't play this down. As much as he loves you and I, He detests sin. He hates sin. It's not that God is unimpressed with sin. It's not that God is like, "Mm, you know, you had a bad day. He detests sin. He hates sin. And we see this throughout the scriptures, Psalm 11, 5. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked uh, schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. He hates them, hates these things. 1 John 2, 15 to 16, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. See, the reason why God hates sin so much is because God and sin are opposite. And so if you are in sin, you cannot be with God. Friends, we need to understand God's heart. He, he's passionate about you, but He is equally as passionate about the sin that is inside of us. Now, before we, we go, like, if we just quickly take a moment, like, you have to be realistic with this and you have to be honest and say, well, that's my situation. That I have sin inside of me. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, Lucky me, God loves me and he hates that person because of their sin. No, 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 you, you've missed the point. We are by nature sinful. We are by action sinful. We live our lives not for God but for ourselves. And that's on our good day. But this is why Easter is so important for us. Because Easter shows us where both God's passions intersect. His love for man, but his hatred for sin. And when Jesus died on the cross, that's where God's passions collided. Sin must be paid for. God can't just let sin go. He hates it that much. But at the same time, he loves us that much that he couldn't bear to watch us deal with the consequences of our own sin. And that's where we get to today's passage, Romans 5, 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The death of Jesus is where sin was accounted for. The wages of sin is death. And the death that Jesus died on the cross was that payment, was that punishment. It was the ransom paid for all sin of humanity. Because of the death of Jesus, our sins have been accounted for. The penalty has been paid for your sin and mine. The thing that God hated the most has been taken away from us. Through the blood of Jesus. See, sin, it's not that it just makes us bad people. Isaiah 52, uh, 59.2 says this, But your iniquities, another word for sin, have what? Separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. Sin separates us from God. Just in the same way, if anything tries to separate me from my children, how passionately I would hate that. In the same way, God passionately hates sin. Not just because it's a bad thing, but it is the thing that separates him from his own children. But when Jesus died on the cross, when the penalty was paid, it opened up the way for us to return to God. And that's why Jesus was sent by God. That's why he sent his one and only son to take that punishment on himself. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us this was his passionate love for us you know i I know if you've been coming to church for a while you would have heard this message over and over again even if you just go to church every easter you will hear this message over and over again and i thought you know what it's and it's really hard sometimes around christmas and easter because you feel like you're saying the same thing but can i tell you once again tonight because i want you to hear it again because there is no message that is more important than for you to understand this intersection of God's passions, that God's love for you is amazing, but His hatred for sin is also equally as amazing. And a lot of the time when we hear a sermon, the preacher will give you the the text, the context, the theological values of it, and will explain the passage, and then go, well, here's the application. Go and do A, B, C, and D. But you know what? Can I tell you, friends, tonight there is no application. I don't want to give you an application. Because I want you to stop right there. And tonight, I want you to just sit on it. Sit on the idea of what it means for God to love you that much. For God to hate sin that much. 
And when Jesus died on the cross, and when those passions intersected in that time of history, what that means for you. I think so many times we hear this truth, and it just, yes, Jesus loves me, this I know. How do I know? For the Bible tells me so. You know, like, that's how we know. But does that mean anything to us? I um, had a moment with God on Friday night. And actually, I finished this sermon uh, earlier in the week because Ellen had a birthday party on Saturday. Couldn't do my sermon on Saturday because Ellen had a birthday party on Saturday. Happy birthday, Ellen. 20 plus 10. <laughs> anyway, I finished this sermon earlier in the week and, and on Friday night, uh, in live groups last week, we, we watched a small clip from a movie called The Shack. And um, oh, it was a very powerful clip and I've heard about the book. It's a Christian book and, and it got made into a movie and, and I thought I was, I was just sort of flicking through Netflix as you do on a Friday night after the football finished. Of course, watch the football first. And I found The Shack. Oh, I've always wanted to watch it. I watched a bit of it throughout the week and then I kind of knew what it was about a little bit. And I thought, oh, yeah, I, I think I, I can watch this. And I started watching it at, at, at 10 p.m. And my wife came home. She went out to pick up some milk for th- like two and a half hours. Like, I'm just saying, you need to pray for our marriage. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to go get milk. <laughs> I started crying. And for everyone that knows me here, I don't really cry. That's a joke. I started crying at 10.01. Because I knew what the movie was about. And actually, it touched on what is my greatest fear in my life, and that is to lose any of my children. And the movie is centered around this character and, and, and one of his children um, die young. And so already from 10.01, I'm like sweating, sweating hard through my eyes. And I'm watching the movie, and, and it's just how God deals with this guy. You know how there's two types of crying? There's the, like, just, like, sweating from your eyes. And then there's the, like, you're crying because it hurts. Like, something physically in your body hurts. And you, like, you're wailing. You're, like, like it's hard to breathe, like, kind of crying. Like, you know. That was me. Sad Friday night for, like, a good hour and a bit. Movie finished, and it was amazing because the movie finished, and my wife pulled up in the driveway, and she comes in, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to breathe, and she comes in, and 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 she told me later, she was like, in my mind, I was like, who died? Like that's that's how emotional I was, and 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 you know, we, we just sort of like my wife was just helping me process through bits and pieces, and. And it was just this idea of how much God loves us. 
And that was it. And I, and I say this now, and it's like, like you, you cried because God loves you. <laughs> but I think sometimes we're so quick to move on from that fact, or so quick to move from that statement to God loves me, therefore I need to. Or God loves me, therefore I need to live this kind of life. Or God loves me, therefore I need to perform, you know, I need to be spiritual, I need to be holy, therefore. Whereas I actually think that the therefore is a very small part in that equation. I think what we need to understand is that God loves me and that actually has to be the majority of our life. I think the problem with a lot of our generation is we go, oh, yeah, 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 God loves me. Therefore, I need to live my life like this. I need to go and do social justice or I need to go and do something. Whereas I don't think that's what God wants. I think God wants us to sit and understand how much He loves us first and foremost. And if that's all we understood, I know that this, this, makes, this is going to make you feel very uncomfortable because, you know, people like, they're on their deathbed and they, they recognize that God loves them and they receive God into their life and they die. And other people that, that, you know, that had to live their life trying to be a Christian or trying to do good things, they feel so much injustice. But I think that's because we put way too much emphasis and focus on the therefore, whereas we really need to be understanding God loves you. God loves you. While we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. Christ died for you. While you were still sinner. Meaning that you didn't deserve it and you didn't earn it. It's not like Jesus said, oh yeah, I, I think that I can die for them now. Because they deserve it. Or they've lived a good moral life. No, no, no. While we were still sinners, God showed us His love. He demonstrated His own love for us. And He sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and for mine. That is the message of the cross. So this is what we want to do tonight. There is no practical application tonight. There is no go and live your life like this tonight. I think too much, we are too quick to move from what is the most important. Tonight is time for you to reflect. Time for you to think. Time for you to just sit still and let this truth the most important statement that you will ever hear in your life. God loves you. Why don't we close our eyes?